Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of bowel perforation found under the gastrointestinal section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 45-year-old man presents to the emergency department after a flight. He has two stab wounds in his abdomen. A fast exam is negative for intra-abdominal fluid. A chest radiography shows free air under the diaphragm. He is immediately given 2 liters of crystalloid fluid, broad-spectrum antibiotics, and taken to the operating room for surgical exploration. Let's continue with an introduction to bowel perforation. As a general overview, remember that bowel perforation often occurs due to penetrating injury from trauma or iatrogenic causes. And with regards to epidemiology, remember that risk factors include penetrating trauma more than blunt abdominal trauma, acute diverticulitis, malignancy, inflammatory bowel disease, and ischemic bowel. And in terms of the pathogenesis, remember that the mechanism changes depending on whether it is due to blunt abdominal trauma or penetrating trauma. For blunt abdominal trauma, there is deceleration and acceleration injuries, compressive injuries, and increased luminal pressure. For penetrating trauma, there is direct tissue disruption. Moving on to the presentation, common symptoms will typically include abdominal pain, And on exam, one may note hypotension, tachycardia, shock, bruising, tenderness to palpation, as well as rebound tenderness, and provocative tests may demonstrate peritoneal signs, such as guarding and rigidity. In terms of further imaging, chest or abdominal radiograph is indicated in all patients, and specific findings may include free air. Remember that sudden onset of pain and free air equals bowel perforation, which is an emergency. However, this is a normal finding postoperatively, and it should be managed expectantly. Another imaging option is an abdominal CT, which is indicated in hemodynamically stable patients. Specific findings may include intraperitoneal fluid, bowel wall discontinuity, extraluminal air, and extraluminal contrast. One can also obtain an abdominal ultrasound, such as a FAST exam, which is focused abdominal sonography for trauma. It is indicated at bedside for all trauma patients and specific findings may include intra-abdominal free fluid. In terms of other studies, serum labs may demonstrate a leukocytosis, anemia, and lactic acid, which may indicate ischemic bowel. And in terms of the differential, make sure to think about splenic laceration, with a key distinguishing factor being that there will be splenic bleeding or hematoma on imaging. And in terms of treatment, medical options include resuscitation, which is indicated in all patients, as well as broad-spectrum antibiotics, which is also indicated in all patients. Surgical options include exploratory laparotomy. This is indicated in hemodynamically unstable patients and in patients with bowel perforation. And lastly, complications related to bowel perforation include intra-abdominal abscess and sepsis. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to bowel perforation, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 24-year-old man is being managed on the surgical floor after a laparoscopic appendectomy for perforated appendicitis two days prior. He states that his pain is poorly controlled and has been worsening since the procedure. The patient has been receiving oxycodone for pain control. He also states that he has not passed gas or had a bowel movement yet. His temperature is 98.7 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.1 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 125 over 82. Pulse is 83 beats per minute. Respirations are 19 breaths per minute. 
and oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. Physical exam is notable for tenderness over the surgical site with no rebound or tenderness elsewhere. A radiograph is performed and demonstrates free air under the diaphragm. Which of the following is the most appropriate next step in management? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Emergency surgery Choice 2. CT scan of the abdomen and pelvis and hydromorphone Choice 3. Hydromorphone, ambulation, and incentive spirometry Choice 4. Morphine, ambulation, and serial chest radiographs Or Choice 5. Ultrasound of the surgical site, vancomycin, and piperacillin tazobactam The best answer to this question is Choice 3. Hydromorphone, ambulation, and incentive spirometry. This patient is presenting after a laparoscopic appendectomy with an ileus, which is failure to pass gas or have a bowel movement, and pain which can be managed with a change in his pain management and routine care for an ileus, such as ambulation and incentive spirometry. This is expected postoperative pneumoperitoneum. Postabdominal surgery patients may experience pain in an ileus secondary to bowel manipulation. It is always important to control a patient's pain so that they can participate in post-surgical care. The management of ileus is typically ambulation and avoidance of opioid medications. However, they may be necessary to control a patient's pain. Incentive spirometry after surgery is also necessary to prevent atelectasis. It is also important to consider that free air under the diaphragm after a surgical procedure can be a normal finding in the appropriate clinical setting. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Emergency surgery would be the most appropriate initial step in management if this patient had a perforated viscous, which would present with severe abdominal pain with peritoneal signs. Radiography would present similarly with free air under the diaphragm. Choice 2. CT scan of the abdomen and pelvis and hydromorphone are unnecessary because this patient's radiograph is what is expected after surgery and his pain is within the realm of normal for a recent surgical procedure. Choice 4. Morphine, ambulation, and serial chest radiographs are inappropriate for this patient, as there is no need for further imaging. The free air under the diaphragm in this patient is a normal postoperative finding. The patient merely needs better pain control, ambulation, and incentive spirometry. Choice 5. Ultrasound of surgical site, vancomycin, and piperacillin tazobactam may be appropriate management of a suspected abscess. However, there would be expected erythema, purulence, tenderness, or fever, and it is too soon for an abscess to have formed. Finally, a bullet summary. Free air under the diaphragm after abdominal surgery can be a normal finding, and patients should be managed expectantly. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 42-year-old man presents to the emergency department with abdominal pain. The patient was at home watching television when he experienced sudden and severe abdominal pain that prompted him to instantly call emergency medical services. The patient has a past medical history of obesity, smoking, alcoholism, hypertension, and osteoarthritis. His current medications include lisinopril and ibuprofen. His temperature is 98.5 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.9 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 120 over 97. Pulse is 130 beats per minute, respirations are 22 breaths per minute, and oxygen saturation is 97% on room air. The patient is in an antalgic position on the stretcher. His abdomen is rigid and demonstrates rebound tenderness and hypoactive bowel sounds. 
what is the next best step in management? And the answer choices are choice one, abdominal radiograph, choice two, CT of the abdomen, choice three, NPO, IV fluids, and analgesics, choice four, urgent laparoscopy, or choice five, urgent laparotomy. The best answer to this question is choice one, abdominal radiograph. This patient is presenting with sudden abdominal pain and peritoneal signs suggestive of a perforated viscous. The best initial step in management is an upright abdominal radiograph to support the diagnosis. A perforated viscous presents with sudden and severe abdominal pain, rigidity, and tenderness. A perforated viscous typically occurs in patients with histories of NSAID use, alcohol use, smoking, peptic ulcer disease, and gastritis. Physical exam will reveal a tense abdomen with guarding and rebound tenderness. The best initial step in management is an upright radiograph, which will reveal free air under the diaphragm, followed by IV fluids, antibiotics such as ciprofloxacin and metronidazole, and emergency surgery. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. CT of the abdomen would not be indicated in an unstable patient with such severe symptoms. CT scans are reserved for stable patients. Choice 3. NPO, IV fluids, and analgesics would not be indicated in such an acute situation and puts the patient at significant risk of mortality. This would be appropriate management of pancreatitis, which presents with epigastric pain in an alcoholic with an elevated lipase. Choices 4 and 5. Urgent laparotomy or laparoscopy would be indicated after the diagnosis is supported with an upright radiograph. Finally, a bullet summary. The best initial step in management in a patient with a suspected perforated viscous is an upright abdominal radiograph. That's all for this review about bowel perforation. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.